Well, things are kind of heating up in Europe right now. The uh, the Zelensky group are not having great success, and Russia has become super aggressive. Things have ramped up quite a bit. The Ukraine military facing dire situations. One of the reasons that President B- B- Biden is urging Congress to sign that bill. Come back home. Let's get this done right. And uh, but Zelensky is is hopping around Europe. And um, as you, the Ukraine military and financial help from the U.S. has kind of dried up, it is unlikely to resume anytime soon. A bounce back of any kind. It looks pretty dire right now. Kiev is under attack. So Zelensky has gone to Europe and seeking long-term commitments. And uh, the U.K. signed an agreement with Ukraine in January. And this week, Germany and France have also entered into separate agreements with the war-torn country as the situation in the front lines becomes increasingly bad for it. This comes by way of the Gateway Pundit, uh, Paul Saran, writing that President Vladimir Zelensky has made quick visits to Berlin and Paris to sign the deals and promote his cause that has somewhat lost the prominence in the media. And according to ABC News, Zelensky met in Berlin with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, who said Berlin was providing another 1.1 billion euros a package of military aid, including 36 howitzers, 120,000 rounds of artillery ammunition, and two more air defense systems. So uh, Zelensky's taking his money over or getting, actually, a military aid package. Can't get the stuff from the Americans. Let's go to the Germans. Schultz described the long-term security accord as a historic step. It's Ukraine's second such bilateral agreement after one signed last month with the U.K. A quick observance here because I would imagine that any country that is uh, giving military aid to Ukraine would be seen as uh, an enemy by Putin. It's just worth considering. And the same goes for France as well. Um, and so things are not scaling back, is, is what I'm saying. And, and the media here in America is fired up. You've know, seen the Navalny coverage. Now his wife is mired in the news trying to get the body back. Trump getting lambasted for comparing his situation, which I brought up yesterday on the program, which is true, I think, that in this sense, politically... Uh, and I asked this question on Twitter, you know, why, what would, how would it have served Putin to kill this guy? He was already in prison. He was already being silenced. Uh, he was in the Arctic Circle, for God's sakes. Um, even if you could escape, would you? And so he was going to spend the rest of his life in jail. There would have been no reason unless, you know, somebody got to him or he, somebody's trying to send a message, I think is what happened there. I don't know if it was maybe, um, Putin sending a message. I'm not sure. You know, it's one of those things where we're never going to know the truth because we're dealing we're dealing with the Russian government and we're dealing with a politically charged Biden administration. So we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But Trump said, look, you know, just as Putin has his political prisoners, you know, so so does Biden. And Biden has locked up a lot of political prisoners. Um, Peter Navarro, the latest, holding him in contempt for not appearing before Congress when allegedly he has uh, presidential immunity. 
Conversations between the president and members of his staff are supposed to be confidential. That is the argument. But regardless of the argument, Peter Navarro is in jail, as are about 600 January 6th protesters. Not all of them broke windows. Not all of them were inside the Capitol putting their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk asking, where's Nancy? A lot of them were just showing up because they were patriots, because they had questions that they didn't feel were answered by the current administration. And, of course, now we come to find that there was definitely mail-in voter ballot fraud in this country. There was no question, and there have been several studies now that show that as much as 20% of the mail-in ballots, and I don't remember what the number represents, but it's enough to throw an election. And I remember watching the elections up until about 11, and then I went to bed, and it looked to me like Trump was ahead. And when I woke up, I was really surprised to hear that Biden had soared right past him. So, uh, look, I know the state narrative is that there was no election fraud, but when I look at Biden every day, even if there wasn't election fraud, okay, the country is in bad shape right now. Um, There's not much going on. There's about as much going on in America as what's going on in his head. Uh, It's we're on a we're like a ship out at sea and the captain is below deck and uh, all the shipmates are running this and and this this American policy now with Jake Sullivan and Victoria Newland and the State Department uh, uh, read the Federalist today there was a great article today uh, what we discussed yesterday about how the national intelligence has been weaponized to go after Americans and censor them and we can't have that in a true republic. You cannot empower yourself uh, to decide what is the right narrative and what is the wrong narrative. And there's a little bit of hypocrisy because our intelligence agencies had no problem using social media to overthrow governments that they didn't like, to get involved in political skirmishes that perhaps we didn't like. But that wasn't our right. And now they turn the same censorship strategy against Americans. Suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story while enhancing the Russian collusion story and the impeachment and all of the other things. So this government uh, at its core cannot survive if it continues to rot. And it's rotting from this uh, presumed notion that they know better than we. And the truckers of America prove that we actually have uh, more leverage. American people have a lot of leverage against this government. We can vote the scums out if we choose. So are we walking into World War III? That, that is the question. Are we walking into World War III? How far is this administration willing to take uh, our blood and treasure? Uh, I believe that we need to come to just based, you know, Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. What did he say? He said, my mommy told me that when I is young, that you have to look at both sides. You have to read everything you can, both sides of the issue. And it seems to me that the two issues that have been pertinent in this NATO skirmish with Ukraine and the U.S. is about the fact that Putin does not want Ukraine to be part of NATO, and NATO wants Ukraine to be part of NATO. That's number one. That w- that's a violation of 
of a previous treaty. That's number one. And number two, Putin believes that eastern Donbass, which is the eastern part of Ukraine, is more ethnically tied to Russia. They speak Russian there, and frankly, they're getting treated uh, pretty poorly. So, you know, what do you think will ultimately happen? What will ultimately happen is that Putin will get his wish. But why does it have to be after a million people die? Why does it have to be after an entire country is turned to rubble? And then what if it doesn't get to that? What if Putin doesn't get what he wants and some missile fires off from some eastern region of Poland? Then what? Are we truly prepared to go to war? That's the question every American should be asking themselves. That's the question that every European, we're already vulnerable. We're already vulnerable. Our stock markets, we're over leveraged. Our economies are brittle. Uh, and we're dealing with migration issues, which is like throwing a rock into a fan, you just, it, it gets messy. And what we're doing to ourselves is self-inflicted with the drugs and allowing border uh, to be completely unsecured. It, it's, it's suicidal. It's a self-inflicted wound. And we have a president who seems completely out of touch. That's the interesting part of all of this. And so, but all of this will be changed on 2024. Uh, mark my words. You don't believe what your eyes are telling you. And your eyes are telling you that the people have had enough. I'll be right back. Speaking out, America. Jim Watkins.